0: Call in at 303-690-3000.
3: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, my name is Cody King, and I am your host today to take your questions and your prayer requests. I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range. It is a privilege to be with you today. I uh, love being able to host uh, Calvary Live from from time to time whenever I get the opportunity to, so it's a, a great thing to be able to Uh, talk with you to be able to um, answer some questions you may have about the scriptures uh, and also uh, pray with you about different things. So, uh, hey, it's great to hear from all of you and uh, welcome to everyone uh, listening up and down the front range on Grace FM. Also, I want to welcome our listeners uh, on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, And also in Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Hey, if you are hearing this on the East Coast, then you are on a one-week delay. Uh, But hey, listen, we're still here to take your calls. So please call in. Please text in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And then you have the added benefit of hearing yourself on the radio next week. (laughs) So also, hey, I want to welcome all of our listeners online through the Grace FM app and uh, also online uh, listening. Uh, Welcome. Hey, we would love to hear from you no matter where you're at across the country. And around the world, you can text in and call in, too. Again, my name's Cody King. Uh, I am the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, it's a church that my family and I planted here. Let's see, we moved to Colorado seven years ago now. So uh, such a privilege and honor to be able to uh, serve the Lord here. And uh, so we are holding Sunday service at uh, Henderson Community Church, which is uh, on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. Uh, we got one Sunday morning service at 10.30 in the morning, and we would love to have you join us. Currently, we're studying through the book of 1 Samuel. We just started 1 Samuel, and it has been uh, such a great study so far already. We're we're going to be jumping into chapter 3 this week, and uh, man, it's been power, a powerful time already, and I'm looking forward to all that the Lord has for us there. If you want directions, you want to listen to sermons, get more information about uh, Redemption Calvary, then check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org, redemptioncalvary.org. And you can also listen to our radio program that airs right here on Grace FM. It's called Redemption Radio. It airs uh, weeknights at 8 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. We're currently studying the book of Romans on our radio program. And, man, that was a powerful, powerful study. Uh, I, I don't know how you can go through Romans and not be transformed. It, is, it just addresses uh, so much uh in, in life and in reality of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Hey, um also one last thing, you can connect with us as well on our YouTube channel, as well as our podcast. Uh, Just search for Redemption Calvary and we'll come up. Look for the, we have a red R logo that's in a square. uh, And once you see that, then you know you're in the right place uh, and you can connect with us there. Hey, it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and to talk about the Bible. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can send in a text message at 720 360897. Text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven just as a reminder that text line nobody's answering that no, there's not a phone that someone's picking up it's purely for text messages and so um so send in those text messages I always like to try to get those text messages in if I can throughout the show uh so I'm looking forward to uh, to be able being able to connect with you on that end. Hey, um, just one quick sort of update as far as uh, the U.S. and our nation. I'm not sure if you're aware, but today the House voted for the second time uh, to impeach our president, Donald Trump. Uh, uh, to be clear, that doesn't mean that the president has been removed from his office. A lot of people. Just kind of don't understand how this works, and so when um, the House tried to impeach him, or they, you know, they impeached him the first time in 2019, uh, people were wondering why he was still the president. Um, so here, here's the truth: that doesn't mean he's been removed from office. Uh, just like earlier in the week when. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence Pence would not invoke the 25th Amendment to remove him from his presidential duties, even though the House passed a resolution urging him to do so. So there's still process that's involved with this. There's a Senate trial uh, that needs to happen in order to either convict or or acquit. Uh, Being impeached doesn't mean that you're guilty of anything. It just means that the House has decided to move forward with something. Uh, And so um, essentially that probably isn't going to happen, the Senate trial isn't going to happen until after the inauguration of Joe Biden. So uh, anyway, all of that stuff uh, is happening in the news right now. Uh, Pretty crazy, pretty exciting times that we are living in. Um, But in that, I think it's important for us to consider um, praying for our country. Here's the big thing. Um, One of the things that has been clearly displayed in our world today is that um, our national religion is politics. People are worshiping at the altar of politics. Uh, and that's why discussions go from some sort of cordial back and forth to a, a heated explosion in seconds. It's because people aren't just voicing opinions. They are worshiping their false god. And, and so I have two things to say to that. One is Christian be careful that you don't put your hope in politics. I don't care who's elected to what. I don't care who gets into what position or what kind of political power they have. Your hope is only rightly placed when it's placed in Jesus. A hope that's rightly placed is only placed in Jesus. Yes, we need to engage politically. Yes, we should be um, faithful to uh, participate in our country and in our, our elections and those, all those kinds of things. And not, not only on a national level, but also on a local level. But listen, there's no person that's going to save you. There, there's no person that's going to come in and, and, and move the scale for you. Um, you know, th- the truth is that uh, they, they do have things that will affect your life, um, you know, under their care, but Jesus is your only savior. And secondly, If you're not a Christian and you're just listening in, um, I hope that that encourages you, you know, just to kind of think about Jesus from a little bit of a different perspective. The the Bible tells us that he is sovereign, meaning that everything is under his authority. Now, we may not understand how things work and how it all works together, because uh, the Bible tells us that God's thoughts and his ways are far above our ways, just like Um, the heavens are above the earth. And and so a great analogy is to say that, you know, ants can't understand why you make the decisions that you do and why you uh, do the things that you do that are under your control in the same way, but just extrapolated to a greater extent. You're the ant and God's the person. Uh, He is so much greater than you can imagine. And, And so, you know, you don't have to understand what he's doing. You don't have to agree with the way that he does it, but the truth is that he's still in control and he still has things going on. So, hey, I just want to uh, take a moment to pray uh, for our country and uh, just ask for God's hand of guidance and direction, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Uh, so let's, let's take a moment and pray together. Uh, Father, we want to come to you today and just lay before you the nation of America. God, thank you for all of the things that you have done in providing the freedoms that we have. Thank you for the way that you have gone before us in such tremendous ways. And Lord, as there is so much unrest and so many crazy things happening in our country, uh, we pray that your spirit would preside over all of it. That, God, you would lead and direct, that you would expose evil, and that you would, um, God lead us in the, a righteous way, in, in an everlasting way. God, there are so many people who want to remove you from uh, all of their decisions and, all, and our country and the way that we do things. And Father, we want to rededicate our hearts and minds back to you again today, saying you're God, and you're in control, and we trust you, and we love you. So, Father, be with uh, all of those who are making decisions, and for those who are in positions of power who are evil, and they are being manipulated by satanic influence, we pray that you would rebuke them, that you would stop them, and that you would lead us in a righteous path. So, God, we love you, we thank you, and we know that we can trust you. And uh, we look forward to the day when we don't have to look to a human leader, but we can see King Jesus ruling and reigning. So God, thank you for your great love. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey, one, qu- one last uh, quick thing as I'm thinking about that, that just comes to mind is I, I-, I want to say this. The other thing that- that's got to be considered, listen, you've got to grasp this. The issues that you see happening around you are not political issues. They're being told to you like they're political issues by everybody. The news is saying it's all this, that, and the other thing by politics, and they're trying to just, you know, uh, tell you why this political leader is good and that one's bad and whatever. The issue, it's, not a, it's not a political issue. The issue is a spiritual issue. And the truth of the matter is that when you remove God from anything, all that's left is chaos, and that's exactly what we see happening in our world today. That's exactly what we see happening in our country. That God is being pushed out more and more and more. And the more we remove the Lord, the more we reap the, uh, the I was going to say benefit, but it's not a benefit. We reap the fruit, the rotten fruit of chaos. And so I just want to encourage you to, um, to, to get, lift your eyes, get your eyes up. Because our help doesn't come from the world. Our help comes from, from the Lord. Hey, uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000, or send in a text message, 720-336-0897. We're going to go to the phone lines now, and line one with Cody in Fort Collins. Cody, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm very good. Um, so, I'm a new Christian, and uh, you know awesome. my life was not the ideal christian life before i gave my life to christ like a month ago i've been with the same girl for 20 years we have an adult child she's 18 and a son who's 13 and we still live together um but since i gave my life to christ i moved into the basement bedroom because you know we're not married sure and i just want i just want uh some prayers to help me in my journey, and also, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, taken her by surprise, because she's seeing me just make this drastic move, and, you know, we don't have any real Christian, we don't have any friends that are Christian, so, Uh so, but my wife is a believer, but she hasn't, gone, she hasn't decided to cut, you know, she still drinks and smokes weed and stuff like that, which I stopped doing all that. And I'm trying to walk with the Lord every day. I read my Bible every day and and I'm trying to, you know, I want to lead by example, but I I want to be with her and I want this to work out. I just don't know if she's going to come along with me.
3: Got it. Yeah, absolutely. So is she, um, so first off, man, welcome to the family of God. That is that is so amazing, you know, just so—I I love hearing just that story that God got a hold of your heart and got a hold of your life and brought you to himself, and you've been—you said you've been saved now for about a month?
0: Yeah, I mean, I—so it was a, a neighbor moved in about five years ago, and I was, you know, I was really kind of a—he I, 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 I he was a Christian. He was the first Christian that really— that I met that really wanted to talk to me about the Bible and all that stuff. And at first I was always trying to discredit it and stuff. And then he, he planted the seed. And uh, so I, I, you know, I started look, I started reading a little bit and and, and learning and more and more, but now, you know, I just, in the last month I've decided, you know, all, I, I cut out all this stuff in my life that was sinful. Like, I mean, I, I grew, I grew weed for like 10 years. I smoked pot for, 30 years, pretty much every day of my life. Um, but of, as of a month ago, I've cut out everything that is like that. You know, I don't, I got rid of all that stuff. I don't do that anymore. I don't drink, um, you know, but like I said, I still struggle with like anger and stuff like that. But there's no, I'm not like, like willing or I don't know what the word is, like, like I, I, I don't. You know, I I don't partake in things that I know are sinful now. Sure.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what you're describing is exactly what uh, the Christian life is all about. It's that, you know, you you become convicted of your sin, and then God leads you in the righteous path, the way that you should go. And so, you know, when you're convicted of sin, there's, there's only two options. One, you harden your heart against God, or two, you soften your heart and follow God. Those are the only choices that there are. And I just want to commend you in taking those steps. They, Man, they are absolutely radical. And this is a supernatural moment and uh, a time to, to celebrate uh, that Jesus is doing amazing things. And so, man, I'm just, I'm stoked. I'm really excited. I'm stoked to hear your, your uh, story and glad to hear that. Now, uh, one question I have is about your wife. Was she saved before? Uh, or did she get saved around the same time? Or no, well, well, I mean,
0: you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that she's saved. She she believes in God, but like she hasn't. Sorry, I'm working. I'm driving a truck. Um, That's all right. Um. Uh, so she, you know, she reads the Bible. She says she believes in in Jesus, but she doesn't follow the commandments yet. She's not gotcha. trying. You know what I mean? She still drinks a little too much and stuff like that and hasn't decided to try to cut all that stuff out of her life.
3: For sure. So you wouldn't say that there's a moment where she's yielded her life to Jesus? Exactly. No. She just kind of has a general belief that, yeah, Jesus is probably real and uh, I think that I should probably do good stuff and not bad stuff
0: right she hasn't been convicted of her sins
3: sure okay yeah that's a that's really really great to to kind of clarify that so here's here's what I would say uh, I would say that your your first and most important prayer needs to be that Jesus does that in her life that she she needs to experience the conviction of the Lord coming down upon her that heavy hand that you know you've experienced this you felt this that the heaviness of the presence of God, leading her away from sin and toward repentance. That's the Bible word. Repentance is to turn from your sin and to turn toward Jesus. Uh, It's important in repentance to turn toward Jesus. Uh, Repentance is not turning away from one vice, and turning to another vice, I'll use the you know the things that you brought up. I can't say you know what. I don't think I should drink as much as I've been drinking. I'm going to stop doing that, and I instead I'm going to turn to smoking weed. Like that's you are trading one sin for another sin is what you're doing at that point. Uh, that's not repentance. Um, so repentance is very clear. It, it's also not I'm going to turn from my sin and I'm going to turn to my willpower that's not repentance either repentance is turning from sin and turning to Jesus and that's the thing that uh your um, I think I said wife but uh I I'm sorry I, d- I didn't mean to misspeak Common but law. that's the yeah that's the thing that she needs to experience you know she needs mm-hmm. to experience that apart from that man there is there is no uh, the the Bible talks about this like darkness and light and that's the that's the thing that you're experiencing is that you are trying to walk in the direction of light and she's still in darkness. And so she looks at you like you have bumped your head. What happened? You're crazy, you know? Um, so that's the first and foremost thing uh, that that needs to take place. And that's where I would say direct all of your um, prayers, all of your attention toward. Uh, some of it might have to be that you just kind of outlive her skepticism, you know, that if you think about it from her perspective, she might be thinking, man, what, what kind of weird dream did you have that, that made you kind of get crazy for a minute, you know? And she's like, this will go away in a week or two, you know? And now that right. it's been a month, it hasn't gone away. Now it's like, what's up?
0: Right. And I, 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 yeah, I, this is this, I'm, I'm, I'm not changing my direction. I'm, I'm gonna, this is, this is, I'm going to walk with the Lord, and I'm hoping she comes along with me.
3: So, Amen. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I uh, I wanted to ask you about is, do you have a church that you're a part of? I've been going to
0: the Calvary Chapel up here in Fort Collins, but they clo- awesome. closed for a couple weeks because of COVID. I'm sorry, I'm working, and I shouldn't have called you when I was so busy, but... Um, That's all right. but yeah, I've been going to Calvary Chapel up here in Fort Collins and I really like it. But I am so new, I haven't got to meet I haven't gotten you know, I don't know a lot of people yet.
3: Yeah. But I plan yeah, on going for sure. all the time. Yeah, I the reason I asked that question is because that is going to be an essential component to your Christian walk. Here here's the thing. that when you become a Christian, the Bible describes that as being born again. So you gotta think of yourself spiritually like a baby. And you need other strong believers around you to support you, encourage you, uh, to keep you going in the right direction. Um, And so it's super vital that you do that. And then I would also say, you know, invite your um, your common-law wife, invite her to come with you, you know, and uh, just, you know, ask her to come along. Hey, would you, you want to go to church with me? Right. Awesome. Well, hey, Cody, can I pray for you, man? Yes, please. Absolutely. Uh, Father, I just want to lift up Cody to you now, and uh, Lord, thank you for the amazing and miraculous work that you've done in his life. I pray that you would encourage him. I pray that you give him direction. I pray that you'd help him to know which steps to take, what the what those next steps are. And uh, God, as he tries to navigate all of this and um, figure out what the right way to go is, uh, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen him by your Holy Spirit. Also, God, I, I pray that you would help him to plug in. Uh, at Calvary Fort Collins, and that he would find great friends there who would encourage him and bless him and uh, be that that uh, that sustaining force in his life that helps him to move forward in you, so Lord, we look forward to seeing what you have to look to what your uh, uh, plan is, and we pray for salvation for uh, his girlfriend and uh, also for their kids god that this that as Cody has come to you, that you would use him as a conduit for your grace to flow into this family we pray in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you so much
3: hey yeah absolutely cody god bless you man uh look forward to hearing from you you. again and uh, about what god's doing
0: okay awesome hey
3: all right god bless you man hey you're listening to calvary live my name is cody king i'm here uh taking your calls and uh answering your uh your prayer requests and we'd love to hear from you give me a call 303-690-3000 or send it a text message, seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. 336 897 We got about seven minutes or so until the break, and I think we can pull in another caller. Uh, let's go to line three and one in Denver. Juan, you're on covery Live.
2: Hi, how's it going?
3: I'm doing well. How are you?
2: Good. I just had a quick question. Um, when Jesus comes to earth and is ruling uh, for a thousand years here on earth, I know yeah. that um, the church is going to be ruling with him, correct? Yes. And then there's going to be believers and unbelievers at on the earth at that time, correct? Yes. So Jesus will basically tie up the devil and put him like in a prison or something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Revelation 20 that uh, for, Satan is for put a into thousand the years.
2: And thousand years. Thousand years, yeah. Thousand years. Uh, he's going to release the devil again. Yes. Uh, will believers still be able to fall uh, when the devil is released, or are we, like, immune to sin at that point?
3: Yeah, great question. Really good question. So um, I'll try to paint the picture for you, and then um, I'll pause and let you shoot a couple questions at me. Um, so so here's basically the way that it is. So when Jesus returns to establish his thousand-year reign, um Those who have died in Christ before this time are going to come back with him, and those people will be in their heavenly resurrected bodies, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, that that, uh, heavenly body. Uh, And so uh, that's how you're going to be coming back with the Lord. Uh, there's also you know the the people that have gone through the tribulation, all that. So ruling and reigning with Jesus are those uh, those who come back with the Lord. but the those who are um, on the earth are that when Jesus comes back, those people are going to live in the the thousand year reign of Jesus. Uh, and so those are the people who have the opportunity to sin, not those who have already died. Uh, and are returning with Jesus. And so um, it's two different sets of believers. So here's the crazy part. Jesus is going to sit on a literal throne in Jerusalem, ruling and reigning as God, and there are people who will still reject him. They will be able to go and talk to him. They will see his scars. They will see the way that that, uh, he has paid for their sin, and yet they'll still reject him. And so after that 1,000 years, when Satan is led out of the pit uh, and he amasses an army, he amasses an army of unbelievers from those who uh, lived during the 1,000-year reign of Jesus and rejected him still. So I hope that that kind of clarifies it for you a little bit.
2: So basically, those believers that are still on earth when Jesus comes, they will still be able to fall.
3: Yeah. So here's how it works. During that thousand years, people are going to be having kids and they're going to have their kids are going to have kids. You know, there's just going to be this population of the earth again. So it all starts over essentially at the thousand year reign where there's only believers on the planet. And in that time, there will still be people uh, who reject the Lord, um, even though they can physically see him. So it's, you know, it just kind of answers that question of people that are like, well, if God would just reveal himself to me, then I would change my ways. Actually, no, you wouldn't. This is proof. Revelation 20 is proof that uh, people would not, that they're still going to reject him.
2: Oh, okay. And will Jesus be on the earth when the devil's released again from its prison? Or yes. That's going to happen. Yeah,
3: so, so Jesus is going to be uh, in Jerusalem ruling and reigning, and Satan is going to try to launch a final attack. And at that final attack is when... Um, uh, the the rebellion satanic rebellion essentially is crushed that's uh, Revelation chapter 20 verse 7 is where that starts and essentially they're all at that point that's when Satan is, is cast into the lake of fire which we, we often reference as hell uh, and all those who follow him uh, and then from there all of creation is remade into the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem
2: okay Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for your answer.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, sometimes difficult to get all those details set. But the biggest thing is, hey, put your faith in Jesus, because you don't want to go through that tribulation. You don't want to go through all that nonsense. You want to be on the other side of it, ruling and reigning with Jesus.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank
3: you. All right. You're welcome. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm the uh, lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. And uh, we hold Sunday services at Henderson Community Church. Uh, we have in-person service, and I would love to have you join us. We are off of, uh, excuse me, we're, the, the church is located on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. So that's in sort of the Brighton, Thornton, Commerce City. There's a little tiny area called Henderson right there. Uh, and so that's where we're at. Uh, We have one Sunday morning service at 10.30 in the morning, and I would love to have you join us. We're currently studying through 1 Samuel. Man, it's been an epic study, and I'm looking forward to 1 Samuel 3 this uh, weekend. For directions uh, to listen to sermons and check out more information about the church, look at our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. Redemptioncalvary.org. You can also connect with us on our YouTube channel, As well as check out our podcast, which is, uh, if you just search for on YouTube or whatever your podcast uh, source is, search for Redemption Calvary and look for a red R. It's like a square red R logo, and that's how you'll know. Uh, that we uh, you found us and uh, you can kind of listen in a little bit. Um, so hey David, I know that you're on hold there. Uh, so hold on for the break because we got a break coming up here and I uh, would love to be able to take your question uh, after the break. Um, all right, so uh, today uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and I would love to be able to uh, to talk to you. Um, you know we have a couple of open lines. And I uh, would love to connect with you uh, that way. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 690 3000 And uh, you hear that music. So we'll see you after the break.
4: Welcome
0: back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897.
3: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, what's up everyone? My name is Cody King. I'm uh, the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary and I'm your host today on Calvary Live. Uh, Just a Way of uh, reminding you, or if you're jumping in and joining us partway through, uh, we hold an in-person Sunday service uh, right now at Henderson Community Church, which is on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. We got one Sunday morning service at 1030 a.m., and I'd love to have you join us. Uh, check out our website redemptioncalvary.org. that will give you information about how to find us and uh, uh, all sorts of different information about the church uh, but we'd love to be able to connect with you consider this your personal invitation and hey if you if you heard me talk about this and, and you showed up as a result uh, let me know I'd love to I'd love to meet you I'd love to uh, hear your story and uh, how God Led you to uh, to redemption. Hey, um, we have one line open, so go ahead and give us a call at three zero three six nine zero three thousand if you'd like to jump in. I want to take one uh, text. Message question, real quick, and uh, I think I can answer it fairly quickly. And so uh, I'm going to take take this text message question, and then we'll jump back to the phone lines. Uh, it says this: My roommate told me a story about his dad, who obviously did something wrong uh, to him when he was younger. And since then, his real dad has passed away. He told me not that long ago that he had a dream that he saw his real dad in hell with his bottom half as a fish. My roommate said God gave him that dream to show him that his dad got what he what was coming for him. Then he told me when he told that to me, it kind of shocked me because I don't believe God will give a dream like that. After he told me that, I asked my roommate if he ever forgave his dad because it seemed like he was happy uh, to have that dream. Sad to say, uh, he said he did, but his demeanor said otherwise. What do you think? Uh, hey, I think this is a good question. Um, this is so this kind of fits into the category of things that are. Um, uncertain. You know, when we talk about dreams and things like that, is God the author of this dream? Or is it that, you know, I had onions on my pizza. And so then I had some, you know, some weird digestion going on. I, who knows really is, is the biggest uh, answer to this question. But here's what I would say. um The, the um, motivation would tell me that this is not a dream from God, because uh, he 's saying that God gave him the dream so that he would know that his dad was getting what was coming to him, uh, and then you you know talking about his demeanor being that you know he's you know he seemed like it was uh, there's a lack of forgiveness in there so here here's what here 's why ezekiel eighteen twenty three says that God does not have any pleasure in the death of the wicked um and so really the, the truth and the reality comes down to God is desiring for everyone to come to repentance. Um, and so when the wicked die, God isn't happy about that. God's not excited about that. And, um, you know, this, this whole thing is based on the idea of deserve. And the truth is we all deserve hell. That's the truth. You deserve hell. I deserve hell. The people listening in right now, we all deserve hell. But the grace of God is so good that Jesus is willing to pay for my sin and grant me uh, the opportunity for heaven. So uh, that's that's how I would answer that question. Basically, I have no idea if it's from God or not, but the demeanor tells me it probably is not. Hey, let's go to the phone lines. And uh, line two, David from Greenwood Village. David, you're on Calvary Live.
5: All right, thanks for having me.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for holding on over the break.
5: Um, I just want to say you got a great radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you come through very clear, and I don't know, man, something about your voice is very impactful.
3: <laughs> right on. Praise <laughs> the Lord.
5: Uh, Thank you, Jesus, for <laughs> a good voice. <laughs> um, my question was: is you know, often Jesus says, um, you know, you got to do this, or you don't. End- that, and if you don't, you know, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven or, sure. you know, some people... You know, the term is kingdom of heaven. And okay. he says it throughout a lot of the scriptures. And what my question was is, um, was he saying that to the disciples beforehand um, as a, you know... I mean, it, it just feels like he knew that he was going to die on the cross and die for everybody's sins. And it's like, I'm saved now, Um does that apply to me that I cannot enter the kingdom of heaven or what, is he, what does he mean by that? Because yeah. he says that so many times. It's like, is like, so, is there more meaning to that? Mm-hmm. Or is it not very, it's not the same, it's changed now because of we're saved by grace after the sacrifice?
3: Sure. Like, yeah. what, what is, what is he, what's he saying right there? Absolutely. So I think that there's sort of two questions in your question. One of them is about the kingdom of God, and the other one is about, uh, is it possible to lose your salvation? Um, So I'll I'll take the first one first and then jump to the second one. The first one is, what is the kingdom of God? And that's kind of got a two-part answer. One is, there is a literal, physical kingdom of God. uh, And that is established um, in heaven. Uh, That's where Jesus says, uh, you know in the the uh, model prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. So there's this established establishment of the kingdom of God in heaven. Uh, and then there's also the establishment of the kingdom of God in Earth, and that is within the believer. So the kingdom of God is established within you. And so that's where there's kind of a dual application. And maybe even you could say a third dimension of that application uh, is, you know, the new heaven and new earth at the end of Revelation, which could be seen as a sub-point of God's kingdom in heaven. So really when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven— Um, you know, it, it sort of has that dual application where yes, it's a physical, literal place, but it's also sort of a, a metaphor for God ruling and reigning within you individually. Um, and so, so that's kind of part of that. The second part of what you're talking about is the idea of, is it possible for me to lose my salvation? Is it possible for me to be a part of the kingdom of heaven? And then, you know, I, I do something enough to be exiled from the kingdom of heaven And so, um, my mind goes in a lot of directions when we start talking about this and, and here's what I would say. Um, uh, it depends on the person I'm talking to, how I answer the question. If someone is, um, you know, coming and saying, listen, I can't lose my salvation. I I've given my life to Jesus. And because of that, Now I can just do whatever I want. I can live in whatever sin that I want to and not worry about it. Uh, Then I would take them to, to, you know, verses that speak of uh, the idea that, you know, you can't live this way and inherit the kingdom of God. That's just not the way that it works. Uh, So to that person, I would say, you know, I would question whether or not you've ever been saved. Uh, Maybe you just have gone through some religious hoops and, you know, somebody Uh, said some stuff that emotionally stirred you and you thought you were saved, but you've never really submitted to Jesus as Lord, as God, as King. Um, And so that's one side. The other side would be, and this is where I hear you coming from, is to say, I'm concerned that I may have done something wrong and that in doing something wrong, I've lost the salvation that I once had. And to that, I would say um, something totally different. I would go to Matthew where. Uh, I think it's chapter seven, where Jesus says, nobody can snatch you out of my father's hand. It's not possible. Uh, I would also direct your attention to Luke chapter 15. And uh, Jesus tells this story of the this wasteful son who abandons his father and goes off and lives in uh, all sorts of indulgent sin. And then one day he comes to himself and he comes back to his dad and He's expecting only to be a servant, but his dad welcomes him as a son and said, my son was dead and is now alive. I would also point to Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, if you endure chastening, which is, it's like a, the Bible word for spanking, almost. <laughs> uh, it's not quite the same thing as what our culture call, calls spanking, but that's the closest idea. Yeah, uh, if Say that again?
5: Uh, yeah, but discipline is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's if you endure that, then you're a child. But if you don't endure that, then you're an illegitimate child, right? So, so the, the question comes down to what's happening within you. It's not necessarily what's on the outside. It's what's happening on the inside. Now, uh, so, so here's what I would say. Um, God uses the analogy of a father-child relationship with us. And so with my kids, you know, I've joked with them and I, I said, hey, you messed up too bad. You're kicked out of the family and you got to go live in the backyard now with the dog. And they just laugh because it sort of eases the tension and they realize, yeah, that's not possible. You know, I can't do something that kicks me out of the family. That's just true of me with my children. There's nothing they can do. There's no sin they commit can commit. There's, there, there's nothing that, that they can go so far to where they no longer are part of my family. Now, they can do lots of things that break my heart. They can do lots of things that hurt our relationship, but they can never do anything that removes them from our family. And so that's what I would say about this idea of the issue of salvation. You can't you can't misplace your salvation like you misplace your keys. Um, it's not something you did. You didn't do anything to get it, so you don't do anything to keep it. Does that make sense? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. No, that's a good way to look, to to phrase it as well, and remember it practically.
3: Yeah. And I, absolutely. You know, I
5: always felt like I I feel like that that you know I have grace. I'm saved by grace and not by works. It's just. Um, you know, as I aim for righteousness and I'm trying to like let Christ build me from the inside, I just, you know, as I come, you know, come across um different verses, I just don't I just don't know how to grasp everything at sure. times.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, so here's what I the big thing I would say. The fact that you're concerned about this tells me that you're a Christian. Right? If if you didn't care, then you wouldn't be saved right that's that's the big thing so so here's what's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. Con, conviction is happening within your heart the holy spirit is convicting you saying it's you've been away long enough it's time to come back and so that's what i would encourage you to do that that find a godly bible believing bible preaching church get involved and uh and and go jump in both feet great
5: yeah that's that's perfect yeah i right. <laughs> I definitely um am trying I'm trying you know meet new friends and all that and yeah and definitely uh and you know I go to cavalry aurora uh good Praise every Lord. once in a while because you know there's only a few of them that are open, and yeah. I'm glad they are, and um uh, listen to grace f m all the time so i thank you I thank you for the encouragement and the and
3: putting absolutely. that into
5: articulating that into a way I can understand
3: for sure absolutely that you know. The thing that you need is you need to be surrounded by godly people who are going to help you go in a godly direction. And you're not going to find that in the world. This world's full of crazy. Uh, And so Calvary Aurora is a tremendous church. You're going to find great people there who are going to encourage you in the things of the Lord. So here's what I would say. Just get there. Get involved. And and the second thing I would say is because it's a larger church, find a smaller group that you can participate in. Some sort of like, uh, you know, home Bible study or smaller group that you can, you know, jump in and and be a part of, because that's going to be a place where you can find people you can connect with. And then the third thing I would say is start serving as soon as you can. Um, when you're, when you're, when you feel the weight of, here, here's, here's a great analogy. Guys are like trucks. They drive better when they've got a load in the back. If you got a load of responsibility on your shoulders, it's going to help your life drive a little more smoothly. So responsibility is good. Move toward it.
5: Great. Awesome.
3: All right, right, David. God bless you, man. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here taking your calls and answering your prayer requests. Uh, Give me a call, 303-690-3000, or send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one and Marcy in Baltimore, Maryland. Marcy, you are on Calvary Live.
4: Yes, hi. Good evening, Pastor Nick. I'm so glad um, I'm able to join. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Praise the Lord. Okay, so my question is, um, I know that in Proverbs chapter 3, I believe that the scripture talks about honoring God with your first fruits and with the, with the increase of your, of your substance. And then he makes a promise. He says, your bands will be filled and your vats will overflow. And then in the Old Testament, I also know that the first fruit offerings, they they were taken to the Levitical priest. But in the New Testament, um, I think in Hebrews chapter 3, the Scriptures makes us to understand that we now have a high priest who is Jesus Christ after the order of Melchizedek. So my question is now who takes the first fruit? Because I'm a i am have had experiences where it looks like the local pastor would think that the first fruit belongs to them as a gift for their own use versus uh the, the work of the ministry. So who does it actually go who who is entitled to the first fruit? Just like the tithe, I do know that the tithes belongs to the church. So I would think that now the first fruits, you know, would also belong to the church. But it looks—I ha- I had an experience where I'm supposed to give the first fruits to the pastor as a way for his own use. So I just want to clarify.
3: Yeah. Yeah, great the question. Holy
4: Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with us, and he is not in a bodily form, but he's a person, and he cannot receive physically as a way— The gift of the first fruit. So, we have to, there has to be a receiver. But the receiver in form of a pastor is the money for himself or for the ministry?
3: For sure. Yeah, that's a really, really great question. Uh, So, uh, I'm going to answer this really directly in the beginning, and then maybe we can talk around it a little bit more. Here's the first thing I would say any pastor who would say this is misusing and abusing their uh, spiritual authority to steal from God's people. I would say anybody who says this, you need to leave that church immediately and find a church that teaches the Bible. This is ungodly. This is manipulation. This is theft. That's all it is. Uh, People who will stand in front of God's people and say, you need to bring your uh, first fruit offering to me individually and give it to me, uh they they are a wolf in sheep's clothing they are using uh their office for their own benefit and uh there there's there's uh, some people who did that in 1 Samuel chapter 2 uh named Hophni and Phinehas they were the high priest's sons and God killed these guys for doing that so uh God's not excited about it it's not a good thing uh and uh and so I would say avoid those people at all costs they are they are sons of Belial, as it, as First Samuel two says, which which is a name for Satan. So they're not operating under God's authority and God's influence. They're operating under satanic influence in doing such things. Um, and so they, they just take people who are you know they, like you, Marcy, who are trying to just honor God the best that you can and submitting yourself to the spiritual authority that's over you and wanting to just honor the lord and they're just taking advantage of that and and it's god is not happy with that at all. So I would say uh that in in the new testament there is not a designation for uh the amounts and the ways that you give. The only designation in the new testament is generosity. Uh and so here's what I would say. I would say you you need to probably first and foremost, uh, give to your church. Um, and so that way, you know, things are taken care of within uh, that uh, that congregation, that uh, outpost of, of light to the community. And then secondly, beyond that, if you would like to give to other things, like missionaries or set aside just money to be uh, or goods uh, as an opportunity to just generously give to people as God puts them in your path, uh, that's an amazing thing as well, uh, but giving like if somebody in my congregation tried to come up to me and just give me money uh, as a part of their you know weekly or monthly giving, I would I would say no, I'm not taking this. You need to go put that in the offering box. Amen. So Amen. I, yeah, I I don't have I get I kind of get fired up about that, and so I'm trying to control myself and be a little bit <laughs> Holy Spirit help me.
4: <laughs> i'm sorry I know, i'm sorry <laughs> yeah but i you've just i'm blessed already by just hearing this i am so blessed
3: amen amen so here you know what i would say is there are you know there are good godly ch- churches there in baltimore and I, I know that you can you know you can find a place that um is going to be able to uh, honor the Lord and uh, and honor His people. Uh, I would encourage you to try to find a church that does what's called expository teaching. Um, that way, uh, typically those kinds of churches, usually they're going to go through the Scriptures and they're going to be less prone to manipulate the Scriptures for their own benefit.
4: Do you have any recommendations, sir? I don't
3: know any. Um, you know what? I'd have to look. Um, here, okay. Do this. Send me an email. Okay. Cody, Cody at redemptioncalvary Cody at redemptioncalvary
4: Okay, correct.
3: Yep, and I will. Um, I I know of a couple of uh, churches in that area in the Maryland area, uh, but I don't. I don't know exactly. You know, I'd have to look them up and give you their information, and that might help you get started. Okay,
4: so Cody at Calvary
3: uh, Cody at redemptioncalvary okay. Thank you. Yeah, send me a, send me an email and I'll I'll look for you and I'll I'll connect you.
4: Thank you so
3: much. All right, Marcy, God bless you. Oh,
4: God bless you too, sir. Thank
3: right. you. Yep, have a great day. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Cody King. I'm here uh taking your calls and uh praying with you about the different things in your life. Uh it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and the Bible. Give me a call, three zero three-six nine zero three thousand, and uh send it a text, seven two zero three three six zero eight. 9-7. Let's go to line three and Rudy in Denver. Hey, Rudy, Hello. you're on Calvary Live.
1: Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I want to get as much of that this call as I can. My wife is having a problem with being able to, if ever, encounter forgiving uh, in a situation of, you know, I'm just all child sex crimes. She's a okay. victim advocate. So, she's, you know, she's, she's out there to help people. She's work in every other field except for sex crimes. And if it ever happened to her child, you know, she's a mama bear all the way and very good one. Uh, she just feels she wouldn't be able to forgive nobody. And how, how do we, you know, firstly go at like that? Is, yeah. it, is, this, is, she, is she wrong for that?
3: Hmm. Yeah. Great question. Um, so, uh, Sorry, I'm just thinking about something as uh, as as we're talking. So he, here's what I would say: We tend to link two concepts together that and think of them as the same thing when it's surrounding this idea, and they're just not uh, the same thing. Um, the The concepts that we link together are forgiveness and reconciliation. Those aren't the same thing. Um, forgiveness has to do with your relationship with God, reconciliation has to do with your relationship with that other person. Um, so here's how I would uh, describe it. Um, Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, uh, it says, um, uh, you know, it, instead be kind to each other. This is a new living translation. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Um, and so there's this, This biblical precedent that forgiveness needs to be extended from us to them, um, no matter what they've done, no matter how egregious their sin is. Um, Now, we tend to think that extending forgiveness is letting them off the hook. That's just not true. Uh, They're still responsible, and they can still undergo the, uh, the right penalty for their sin, and yet we can extend forgiveness to them. Uh, and so, restoration of relationship or reconciliation—that's something that's totally different. Um, I can forgive somebody, and they can never know about it, just because that has to do with me and the Lord. Uh, but in order to have reconciliation of relationship with them, uh, we've got to be able to come together. And if they have sinned against me, then uh, then one of the things that they need to ask for is uh, is that that uh, forgiveness or restoration of relationship from me, and that requires acknowledging and repenting of sin. Apart from acknowledging and repenting from sin, then you know that there is no relationship to be had. That's why we need to do that with Jesus. We have to go to him and ask for forgiveness of our sin, uh, and that's what opens the door to the relationship being restored. So I would say it's quite possible for her to extend that forgiveness by the power of the Holy Spirit, and yet still not uh, acknowledge, you know, she doesn't have to let them off the hook or uh, say that what they've done isn't a big deal or anything like that.
1: I understand. So, Okay, that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, in, not in your words, but that's kind of how I felt, you know, before I got saved. I felt, you know, she asked, well, what would you do? How would you go about it if somebody was, to you know, hurt our son in that way? And, you know, before I would... You know, I'd be the leader of street justice, you know, but I don't think that way. I think I would drop to my knees and pray to God on the situation. Mm. I, and but I don't know. You know, I'm just, he, Lord would deal with him through the system, yeah. you know, the, the court system. And like you Absolutely. said, and I guess, you know, maybe even I'd swap letters on why, what's going through. Can I bring you closer to God? My wife yeah. says, you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. Well, that's just me, baby. And, uh, you know, yeah. we just, we, we let it go before it got any further. And I just was, I want to work with
3: her. I love her. Well, here's what's going to happen. And here's what, here's what I'm so grateful that you're, you're pressing this with her because here's what's going to happen. When you refuse to extend forgiveness, you are drinking poison, hoping that the other person dies. She So if she will not turn this over to the Lord, then it's, it's going to, it's going to infect her and it's going to fester within her and turn into something terrible. It's going to she can't bear this burden. She needs to be able to give it to the Lord. And you're absolutely right. First, uh excuse me, Romans 13, God has established the authority to be the one who deals with these kinds of things. So the governmental authority is established for this exact reason. So, you know, uh, she she's drawing lines where she can't draw lines. You know, uh it's essentially Putting yourself sort of in the position of God to say, "I want to execute judgment." Well, that's God's. That's God's part. That's God's thing. And hey, listen. Let's say they never are, um, you know, brought to justice this side of heaven. That doesn't mean they're getting away with anything. God is the righteous judge. He makes sure that all wrongs are righted, and, and so we've got to trust Him for that.
1: Well, that gives me something to go home and talk to her about. If. It ever gets brought up, you know, giving me some knowledge spiritually.
3: I think
5: Paul.
3: Yeah. Awesome. God bless you, man. It's great to talk to you today. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi Rudy. See ya. All right. So I'm uh, going to try to take a couple of text messages here with the last couple of minutes uh, of our, uh, our call. Uh, someone texted and says, I just heard the last caller about the millennial reign of Jesus. Uh, I do not understand. So us believers will be safe on earth, but there will still be unbelievers on earth too. Why are there unbelievers? Because I thought that when Jesus comes again and comes and judges, everyone left on earth after the tribulation, I assume the rest of the text message says that they're going to be Christians. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So here's the way that it works. Those who are uh, coming back with Jesus during the millennial reign are saints who have already died. Those who are on the earth who survive the tribulation are saints that survive the tribulation. From there, those people have kids who have kids who have kids who have kids, who have kids for a thousand years. Um, and uh, the Bible also talks about people who live and survive in that time actually have prolonged life, that they are, it's sort of like a reset back to the Garden of Eden. Those people that uh, are on the earth and having kids and all that, some of those people whether it's the kids or the other kids or whatever, or the original people that are there, they will reject Jesus. So uh, they they are unbelievers. So it couldn't be that first generation. It would have to be their kids or their kids or their kids or whatever. And so that's where those unbelievers come from. Uh, I hope that clarifies it for you there. Um, So, yeah, so that's... uh, um, that one. Sorry, clicking on another text message. Let's go to another text. Uh, someone says, uh, "Great show today. Great calls. Great answers. Thank you. God bless." Hey, it's an awesome thing, an awesome thing to be able to serve the Lord. It's a privilege, and glad to be able to serve you here. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to Calvary Live today. It's been my privilege and honor to serve you. Uh, again, my name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we'd love to see you Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. Check out our website, RedemptionCalvary.org. Until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.